Today on the School Counselor Podcast, we welcome Caitlin Zesser from Colby Sawyer College in New London, New Hampshire. Colby Sawyer is a small liberal arts college and is one of the oldest colleges in the United States, founded in 1837. Uh, There are currently fewer than a thousand students on campus. She talks to us about all of the amazing opportunities and things that they do or are able to do with that small population. She also talks to us about their location to uh, Mount Sunapee and all of the free skiing that students can do. We had some not insignificant technology issues at the beginning of our conversation, but we were able to overcome. And uh, this is an interview that that we are excited to bring to you guys. Hopefully you find something at Colby Sawyer worth continuing to explore. They they have a, a, a great program and an amazing library, fun people on campus, and it is very much worth um, the effort to go and visit and get a small taste of what they have to offer. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. My name is Caitlin Zeezer. I am the Assistant Director of Admissions at Colby Sawyer College, um, and I do admissions for most of New Hampshire, all of Vermont, and then all of our international admissions as well. How many miles uh, do you drive during the the season? Oh my gosh, a lot. I don't know the number in miles, just because, especially with Vermont, you can, you know, drive not that many miles, but be driving for a really long time. But I would say on average, I drive like three to four hours a day, um, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's a lot of driving. You got to be passionate about your, your school. Yeah, yeah, that, and it's also just a beautiful time to be in Vermont. So I can't complain too much. So speaking about being passionate about Colby Sawyer, what I got two questions for you. What excites you the most about Colby Sawyer? And then maybe take a couple minutes and give us a, a, a brief history of Colby Sawyer. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what makes me specifically excited about Colby Sawyer is just I think we have a really exceptional kind of success rate. I I don't know if you could say of of our graduates, like our graduates go on to do really cool things, have really cool jobs and really cool graduate school programs. And so I feel like on my end, when I'm, you know, reviewing applications and admitting students, like I can kind of see how the world is opening up to them by coming here. And that is just like endlessly exciting and being able to see them grow um, and kind of become who they are through college is really cool. Um, And I think something else that's really cool. So I did a lot of work with first generation and low income students um, before coming to Colby Sawyer. And I think Colby Sawyer is doing a lot of really great work um, making college affordable um, and offering really great support resources um, to students from FGLI backgrounds, um, students with learning differences, all of those sorts of things. So I think that also um, just makes me really excited and just kind of proud of, you know, being an admissions counselor here. Um, In terms of history, so I I know that we were founded in 1837, so we are definitely um, a pretty kind of old institution, Um, and we actually started out as a women's college, Um, so was really looking at kind of the professional and academic enrichment of young women for a really long time, I think up until like the 70s, Um, so that's kind of where our roots are. 
Um, and that we also started, you know, back in that time with a nursing program. So our nursing program is also, you know, really old, like has been instituted for a really long time. Um, so I think that's also kind of an integral part of our history, but I'm sure there's a lot more, especially being in New England. That's kind of how it is. The history is so rich, but that's kind of the basics. That's what I know. I was, uh, I'm a graduate of Castleton. And when I was looking at something online the other day, I got into the uh, uh, the Google rabbit hole, so to speak. <laughs> and I was looking at oldest colleges in the in the country. And Castleton is right up near the top because it was a medical school in the 1700s. So it wasn't initially kind of a little bit of history of each of the schools wasn't initially one of my questions to to the reps. But kind of after finding that out about Castleton, I thought, well, let's let's get some history about these schools yeah. out there too. No, that's um, so are you still under or right around a thousand students? Yep. Yeah. So right now our enrollment is sitting at around 950. So we that is a very comfortable number for us. So yeah, generally we have just under a thousand students. And then I've toured Colby, so I've been up there. We used to do a raising aspirations group and take students on college tours. And we took them into New Hampshire and Massachusetts and um, got them onto some campuses. And I learned that there at that time there was some sort of articulated agreement with Mount Escutney around skiing. Um, I think it's Escutney that's there. And I always have students who... Um, you know, they want to go to college, but it's got to be near skiing. Is that uh -huh. still, is that still available to students? Yeah. Yeah. So Mount Escutney is pretty close, but the mountain we actually partner with um, now is Mount Sunapee. So Mount Sunapee is like 15 okay. minutes from here. Um, and all students receive a free ski pass. There's a shuttle that runs on the weekends. So it is definitely kind of the thing to do on campus in the winter. Um, and we, yeah, it is something that a lot of our students will do. So if you have kids who like skiing, it's a great, great place for that. And do you find because of that, that you have a lot of students who, who stay on campus? I'm imagining a, you have students from across the country coming, but you probably have a lot of students from within close proximity to, to Colby Sawyer. And are they staying on campus on the weekends because they can ski and there are things for them to do like that? Or do you find students leaving campus for the weekends? I mean, that's a good question. I think so. Something that's kind of good context is that we actually have a residency requirement. So all of our students live on campus all four years unless they get a waiver um, and can show proof of residency within 20 miles. So it is a very highly residential campus. It's kind of central to the Colby Sawyer experience. Um, and so we have like a very just lively kind of community on campus all the time. Um, and so that does kind of trickle out like students will go skiing. They'll hang out in town on the weekends. We have a beautiful little town with a bunch of cute shops and things to do. Um, so students will stay around a lot, but there's the flip side of that is that all of our students are also allowed to have cars. So regardless of class year, students can have cars, they can park on campus. Um, and so we do get a ton of students, especially, you know, when the weather is good, going to Burlington, going to Boston, going to Portland, going to Montreal, um, just because with that car on campus, they have that extra kind of mobility to get around. 
Um, so I think it's, it's definitely a mixed bag. I think it really depends on kind of, um, what's going on on campus and, you know, what's going on in the big cities, um, and what the weather is like, but a good mix, I would say. Good. Uh, when I was there, I, I, I was impressed by the, the students and their, their affinity for Colby Sawyer and their, their kind of passion for the school. So it's nice to, and that was, you know, 10 years ago. It's nice to hear that that's continuing. For sure. So with a smaller, with a smaller school, you mentioned nursing, but what are some other unique programming or structure elements Mm -hmm. to, to Colby Sawyer? Yeah. I mean, so nursing is our most popular program, um, but we have a bunch of other really strong programs. So we, our second most popular major is a business program, um, which also includes health administration and sports management. Um, And then our third most popular major is child development and education. Um, And then in addition to those, we also have some really fast growing liberal arts programs. So our psychology program is pretty rapidly expanding. We have a bunch of really cool concentrations like neuroscience, child psychology, um, forensic psychology. And then our crime and legal studies program, I would say is coming in at like fifth, but growing really fast um, just because we have a lot of students who are interested in going into law, um, law enforcement, all of that. Um, but that's that's where I've seen student interest here is in kind of that crime and legal studies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's, I would say it's probably our fastest growing program. Um, so that's exciting. I think, so what makes our programs all really special, I think is that we, um, all of our students complete at least one capstone project, which is like a culminating senior experience, um, where they do like consulting work or a research project, like a thesis, um, to really kind of wrap up everything they've learned and put a nice bow on it and get something really cool in their portfolio. Um, and then we also have an internship requirement. So all of our students, regardless of major, do at least one internship before they graduate. We actually have a whole center on campus um, that helps students find internships. So that I think is also a really cool I think a lot of times, you know, if you go into nursing, like it's pretty clear you're going to become a nurse. But if you're a psychology major, you're like, okay, I could go to med school. I could get my doctorate. I could go right into the workforce. And so that internship really helps students kind of dip their toes in something professionally and figure out if that is the next step forward or if they want to try something else when they graduate. Um, So I think that also is a really great asset um, structurally to all of our programs. And where do they where do they do their internships? Are now are they if you have a residency requirement when they're doing their internships, are they on campus or are they if they're internships in Boston, are they living in Boston or yes. So that residency requirement doesn't apply to the semester that they do their internship. Um, So we kind of like to say the sky's really the limit. So we have students go really all over the country. A lot of students choose to stay close. They choose to live on campus and do their internship in the town of New London, um, just because we have a lot of really close relationships with like educators and counselors and doctors. Um, But that being said, we do have tons of students, a sports management student that I know just did his internship in Nashville, for example. Um, so it's kind of, you can go anywhere you really want to, or you can choose to stay close. And if you have a center dedicated to that internship experience, is it up to the student to find the internship in, let's say, cause you, you mentioned it Nashville, or does the internship center really kind of, kind of work with the student to find a, uh, an appropriate placement? And then how is that? manage like does the does Colby Sawyer kind of help the student navigate 
trials and tribulations along the way? How does that, even when a student's in Nashville, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, so that center really, really kind of the latter of what you were saying. So it is like the student does have to physically go into the center. Like, but once they're there, we really help them. Um, we, you know, try to use all of our connections, all of the faculty connections um, where students have interned before typically want more Colby Sawyer interns. Um, so we're able to really kind of leverage that and um, help students find a meaningful experience in a place that they want doing something that they want to do. Um, so that is a really valuable asset, I think, and very structured for students who, you know, might be feeling overwhelmed because that can be an overwhelming search. Um, and then I think in terms of like the actual execution of the internship, I think, you know, Colby Sawyer being so small, I think something that is really helpful is that everybody is really accessible. So, you know, the folks at um, the Career Services Center, the Harrington Center, which helps with internships, you know, they like know every student. Like, it's not like, you know, if so-and-so emails them, they're not going to know who that is. Like, it's very, like, it's a very community-oriented school. And so I think by way of support, that's really the main thing that we can offer is just like, they can email us anytime. Like we will help them with anything that they need help with. If they seek out that help, like with finding housing and figuring out, like, this is my first real job. Like, what does that mean? You know, even like we will do a clothing sale for students who need, you know, formal semi-professional clothing. Um, so I think that by virtue of being a small school, we're able to kind of offer that support, um, even without any structured programming around it, which is really cool. That is cool. Um, and earlier you mentioned, um, doing a lot of work uh, as a school around keeping, keeping Colby Sawyer affordable, increasing accessibility. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that looks like for you guys? How are you keeping school affordable? How are you increasing access? Yeah, I mean... I think our, so our financial aid team is really great. We work really closely with financial aid um, and we actually significantly reduced the cost of tuition a couple of years ago. So two years ago, we cut tuition in half. Um, so now our total cost of attendance is just over 35,000 a year, um, which is like pretty on par with, you know, other schools, which, you know, a lot of times the smaller private school is among the most expensive right off the bat. Yeah. And so we kind of wanted to try to move away from that. Um, so there's that. And I think, you know, just our processes are really, you know, dedicated towards like, again, being on the smaller side, like if students are having trouble, like, no matter how clearly you write a financial aid award letter, it's going to be confusing. Um, and so, you know, really having like an open door policy, like we have students come to campus and bring us the letter and are like, can you walk me, can you walk my parents through this? And yep. They sit down with our financial aid people and we talk about it or we do that over the phone or over email. And so I think that in and of itself, like we are very close, like we're not untouchable. We're not super far away. Like we're here to help. Um, and I think um, in terms of like services offered, like, for example, for first and low income students, we have what's called a bridge program. So they come to campus a few weeks early um, and start taking like kind of a sampling of low key, like um, straightforward classes just to kind of get the, get the vibe of a college classroom. Like what's it like being in a college classroom, working with a professor? What's it like living in a dorm? What's it like eating in a dining hall? Um, so that really has improved our first and low income retention rate. Um, we have a pretty high, I think it's sitting at around 80%, um, of retention for our first and wow. low income students. Yeah. Which awesome. is 
pretty awesome. Um, and then in terms of just more general accessibility, um, we have a really strong access services office, um, really dedicated people working on an individual basis with students who have kind of accessibility concerns um, and kind of connected right to them is also our tutoring center. So those are both located on the third floor of the library. Um, and again, it's like very much that open door policy. Like if a student is having a problem, they can literally just go to the third floor of the library and someone will be there to help them, whether that's an academic problem or they're struggling paying attention in class or, you know, they fell and broke their ankle two weeks ago and they need help getting around. Like we are there to kind of support students through all of that. And it's, and it's a great library. Love the library. <laughs> a cool library. I, I love the library. Very cool architecture in the library. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I of all the college campuses I've been to, the libraries are pretty much all the same except the Colby Sawyer Library. Yeah. Like it, it's worth it's worth a visit. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I appreciate that endorsement. I love the library. Um uh, talking about accessibility, I I I've been asking all of the reps that that we've spoken to in this little podcast series questions about applications. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you want me to ask you all the questions and then you take the, you kind of respond to all of it, but I'm really curious, like we just finished quarter one. I'm mm -hmm. curious how quarter one, how heavily quarter one grades weigh in your process. We'll start with that one. Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I mean, I think it just comes down to what we can see on the transcript, like every school does it a little bit differently, but if we can see the credits awarded and the grades awarded, like we will factor that into our GPA calculation, given it won't be as heavily weighted as like a full year, like your whole junior year or something. Um, and just in general, like even when it comes into GPA calculations, um, we can also like just by looking at a transcript, especially if a student is right on the cusp of like, okay, like are they going to succeed at Colby Sawyer or not? Those first quarter transcripts can really help us determine like what direction are they going, right? So if they had a really rough, you know, freshman and sophomore year, but we can see their junior year looks solid, their first quarter of senior year, even more so, like that gives us the confidence to accept them and know that they will be able to succeed in a college yep. environment. Um, so that is a really, I think a really big asset, even when you're not thinking about the numerical GPA calculation. Right. Um, and then what is, can you tell us a little bit about the admission process at Colby Sawyer? Where does, where does standardized testing fall in that whole process? Where does the essay, the letters of recommendation, how do they all kind of coalesce into you guys, the work you do in committee? Yeah. I mean, so I'll start off by saying it's totally free to apply to Colby Sawyer, either on the Common App or the Colby Sawyer app, which is on our website. Um, and we are totally test optional. Um, you know, being fully transparent, like we don't even really look at test scores anymore. Like I think if a student nice. in, if a student sent in a test score and was like, this test really reflects, you know, my academic performance more so than my transcript then, you know, we would look at it, of course. But um, usually, you know, even if students send them in, we're kind of, we weigh the transcript a little bit more heavily. Um, and even beyond that, we have, so we really prioritize the holistic review process. So really the GPA that we get off a transcript is just a number at the end of the day. And we're very cognizant of that. And I think 
that's where the essay comes in. Like, I think if I had to pick the single most important part of the application, it would be the essay. Um, just because that is where we get to contextualize anything on the transcript with like a real person and a real person's voice and experiences. Um, and so the essay is just a really important place for us to learn, you know, who you are, what you value, um, and why, you know, you think you'd be a good fit at Colby Sawyer. Um, and then recommendations can also be very helpful. So we actually don't require recommendations, um, However, I always tell students, like, especially if you feel like your academic performance isn't very well reflected on your transcript, the letter of recommendation can be extremely helpful, just because if we have an educator's perspective and an educator saying, you know, this person might not have, you know, exactly the grades that they want, but, you know, I have seen them succeed in a classroom, I know they could succeed in a college classroom, that can really be the deciding factor for us. Um, did I miss anything? No, and I, I I appreciate your thoughts on the essay because I talk to students about how the essay, the application is very black and white. You know, you're looking at the Common App and it's it's just, it's, it's data, it's empirical data, it's black and white. It's the outline in a coloring book with your face there. Mm-hmm. And the essay, and I'm waving my hands a lot. We don't, we're having a problem with the video, so we can't see each other. Um, <laughs> for those of you listening, that might not matter. But um, the essay gives the the applicant an opportunity to to color in that mm-hmm. that picture exactly. a little That's bit. That's a good way to put it. Um. So you you talked earlier about um, the internship experience. How does Colby Sawyer help students prepare for life beyond Colby Sawyer? So you've got an internship office. Do you have like a a career office? Do you have people who help students figure out where they're going next? Yeah, so we do. So that center that I mentioned previously, the Harrington Center, its full name is the Harrington Center for Career Services and Experiential Learning. So it's a big, long name, um, but it, it wears a lot of hats. So it really serves as the main resource um, for internships, but it also serves as a really vital resource for students as they're preparing for graduate school, as they're, you know, entering a job search. Um, they do all sorts of, they do interview practice, resume workshops, job fairs. Um, really, there there's just so much, there's like an outpouring of support for students graduating and looking for that next opportunity. Um, and we also offer um, really robust pre-med, pre-vet, um, pre-physical therapy, pre-law advising. Um, so that yeah. those are professors who step in and kind of offer support to students who are thinking about pursuing further schooling in those subject areas. Um, so that is also a really great resource for students. Nice. Um, so now I'm shifting gears. Maybe a little, well, I'm going to go back to the essay first. Um what has been your favorite essay since you've been been a reader of student applications? What has been the, a, a favorite or a couple favorite essays that you've read? Yeah, I mean, one sticks out in my mind. I read an essay a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was a student who was interested in environmental science. Um, and so he wrote his essay about growing up and in the summers going to Maine and going to the seacoast. Um, and just seeing the lobster and he wrote his entire essay about how fascinated he was by lobsters and Hmm. it was so just it was very like I had never read anything like it I think the uniqueness of it really added to it 
Um, but he he did a really fabulous job of connecting, you know, this childhood fascination with this current interest in environmental science. And nice. so I, by the end of the essay, was really like, I was like, this kid, like, I would admit this kid all the way up to a doctorate in environmental science. <laughs> like, I feel very compelled <laughs> by that. Um, so that was a really good one. I'm trying to think if there are any others that kind of stick out into my mind. But that that for me was like one that I was like, this is this is solid. This is really cool. And lastly, the more the more personalist kind of questions. I'm always curious about it, people's process. I've made I make no secret of my own college application process when I'm working with students. So I'm curious if you're willing to share what your process was when you were applying to schools. How many schools were on your list? Oh yeah, that, um, that kind of summary for us. Yeah, so. I so I'm originally from pretty a pretty rural area of Indiana. Um, so it was not totally uncommon for kids to go to college at my high school, but um, especially to move across the country. So I moved here for college. I came to college in New Hampshire from Indiana, which was very, very uncommon. Um, and so I think just having the realization that I did want to go far away was a big point for me. I think for a long time, I was really conflicted about if I wanted to stay in state or go out of state. I think I, I am in the end really glad that I kind of decided to go far away, um, even though I was far away from my family. Um, but I I applied to, I want to say around 10 schools. So looking kind of what I was told when I was applying to college is you want to have, you know, your three safety schools, your three target schools, your three reach schools. Um, and so I stuck with that. Um, and yeah, I applied to some big schools, to some small schools, just because I hadn't really thought about what I wanted in that way yet. I ended up going to a really small school. So I actually graduated from Dartmouth um, a couple of years ago. And I think when I was visiting schools, for me, that was the most important part. So, of course, like the application is important, um, like getting in is important. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't dedicate as much time to is really making sure that when they can, they visit the campus. And so I think for me, like getting into all of these schools and visiting all of these campuses was really the the most kind of self-discovery part of it for me, um, realizing that I did prefer small schools. I like had no idea what liberal arts even was, but realizing that liberal arts is something that I like was really important. Um, and so I think there's nothing wrong with applying to a bunch of different kinds of schools, but um, like I always encourage students to kind of make a pros and cons list. Like, what do I actually like? What do I want to do? Um, not like where are all my friends going? What are all my friends doing? Um, right. I think that's really important. Um, and in terms did of- like, campus, Did you get on campus? Sorry for interrupting. Did you get oh. on campus- campuses like pre-applying like did you come out and look at Dartmouth pre-applying or did you like apply get in and then go spend time on campus yeah so I got in and then so um yeah I I am also from a first in low-income background so my parents definitely did not have the means to get me out here um what a lot of schools will do something that Colby Sawyer unfortunately does not have but what a lot of schools will do is they will have what's called the fly-in program um, so they will pay for students who are admitted to fly in and, and um, visit the campus. And so I always encourage students, especially those from those first and low income backgrounds to look into those things, because a lot of times schools have more resources than you would think, um, to help you visit. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, thank you, Caitlin. You're welcome. I appreciate you help or, uh, 
your patience in navigating all of the <laughs> the technological yeah. issues we're having Anything this that morning. Anything can go wrong will go wrong, right? Yeah. So when you uh, when you get a chance, press stop. <laughs> <laughs>